Banner Media Studios presents Almost Home, a radio play in three parts. Well, here I am on the floating navigator base. Because it was out on open water, I figured the best approach was to land on it with my own ship. This base has a sizable space for our landing platform, so keeping a steady hand was all I needed to be successful. I'm still rather cautious about those big crab things, but they seem to be minding their own business at the far end of the ship, and since they haven't bothered with me so far, I think I won't have to bother with them. Predictably, this base is devoid of other intelligent life currently. However, it seemed this place had an alien visitor at one point. Next to the main doors that lead to the inside of the base, someone made some graffiti in the form of a humanoid face with a wide grin wearing dark glasses and using each of their hands to form some sort of sideways pointing motion. I looked in the direction it was pointing, but it was just open ocean. This leads me to the theory that whoever committed this small act of vandalism intended for it to be a greeting to the next visitor. Or perhaps a boast that they were here first. Regardless, in spite of myself, I grinned back at the painting, finger guns and all. Is it sad that this was the closest thing I've ever had to human or humanoid interaction in what feels like forever? Anyway, enough about gratuitous graffiti. It was time to see what this base was all about. I decided to bring TT along with me. They can detach from the ship to become a small mobile drone if needed. I figured this base had to have its own AI and that it would be in better condition than the Pioneer one. So I thought TT could finally converse with its own kind for a bit. It really wasn't worth the effort, in my opinion. Oh, come on. I know you enjoyed picking each other's brains. JB was a jerk, plain and simple. Besides, my own grandmother board can run faster than theirs by a significant margin. Well, I thought it was rather charming. Picking your brains? Indeed. At least I don't bite more than I can process. As much as I'd love to get back to that moment right away, we are getting a little ahead of ourselves. I entered the base from the landing dock with the mobile TT right behind me. Scans of the ship confirmed no other lifeforms on board apart from the crabs, but it looked like everything was generally operational, even if a little dusty, musty, and rusty. The bare food shelves and empty sleeping quarters throughout the place seemed to indicate a general abandonment of the base some time ago. Makes sense. The navigators likely used this as some sort of node in their vast exploration network. I was told many ships would come and go from such places, picking up or dropping off or compiling collected data for the Universal Archive System, a system which benefited my generation greatly. Well, until the star literally struck, of course. After walking through much of the abandoned base, TT and I came across the ship's AI in the control bridge. The name of this AI was Yukbrakele, or JB for short. I made sure to start recording as soon as we came across it. TT's personality settings at the time were sure to make this entertaining. So, Sky Scratcher, eh? Correct. The name comes from my primary function, to ensure messages are transmitted properly. To keep searching the sky with my messages, so to speak. It all happens from the large transmitter dish on the roof of the base. Alright, that makes sense. If it were me though, I'd just send a set of satellites. Much more efficient to keep multiple channels to reduce congestion. I beg your pardon? I don't tell you how to run your primary directives. Not that you would know anything about my processes. Surely it must be clear that you're looking at the latest in rover technology. Rover? As in newer than Navigator? Well, all I'm seeing is a cute little black drone with quite the lip. You're very brave for something in hacking distance, aren't you? Oh, I'm sorry. Am I pushing your buttons? I don't have any buttons. Exactly. 
must mean you're useless. I can do everything you can do. Take up half the space. Funny. Because it seems to me, a little drone like you couldn't even keep a water closet running around here. The absolute nerve. Rover, I demand fisticuffs upgrade as soon as possible. Oh, I don't know. Seems kind of complicated. Maybe you should ask JB if there's a spare upgrade like that somewhere. Yes, of course. Might I suggest the deck above the stern? There are giant crustaceans over there. I'm not doing that. Oh dear. So you've noticed. A real pity, that. Indeed. A shame that part of the base is effectively off-limits. Oh no. I meant a pity you've noticed them earlier. Perhaps your little sensors aren't so pitiful after all. I will beat you in single bite at you, Clip. Don't think I won't. As entertaining as that exchange was for me, I was a little more curious about the base's archives at the time. I left the two AI to have their fun. It was nice to see one of us have some interaction with their own kind, though. I'm sure even TT deep down was secretly grateful. If I had an organic system, I would blow a raspberry in your face. <laughs> I look forward to hearing more about your lovely little chat with JB. But anyway, the archives. Predictably, there were a great deal of exploration files, so I'll be spending a fair amount of time looking through all of those. Among those exploration files were plenty of audio and video recordings. From what I could gather, these sources suggest that the navigators had eventually spread their resources too thin to be able to sustain so many bases and expeditions across the galaxy. This is in line with what I know already. What I didn't know, however, was the fact that they seemed to have some sort of motto to spur them on, even in those challenging times. The problem is, I don't know what the motto was. I'll play back a couple of audio files I saved for demonstration purposes. It is with a heavy heart that I officially announce the closure of your base, as well as any missions under your charge. I know this must be a tremendous blow to you and to everyone under your command, and for that, I am truly sorry. You should have received a set of instructions in your inbox detailing the proper shutdown timeline and procedures. The most important of these procedures is the recall of any currently outstanding missions. Our records suggest that you have 12 personnel piloting five spacecrafts in various remote locations. Please reach out to each of them to explain the situation and make a plan to get them home. I hope you know how much I appreciate your stalwart service and outstanding dedication to the Navigator cause in that area. I truly hope we can find suitable roles for you and your crew to fill elsewhere, closer to home, of course. Contact me if you wish to discuss particular questions or concerns. Above all, even at this time, remember the motto. This is your commander, signing off for now. Good luck. Hello again, General. I've reviewed the progress report on your closing procedures, and I'm generally pleased with what I'm seeing. I'm sure nothing about this is easy for you or anyone under your command. I do have some concerns, and you likely already know what they are. It seems that two personnel, piloting one ship each, are still at large. I hope nothing has happened to them. Please follow up with them again as soon as you can. Let me know if you need additional resources to retrieve them from the respective missions. I've sent the coordinates of the most recent active signals we've gotten from each of the two navigators. As always, remember the motto. Thank you, and good luck, General. Luckily, I was able to find those coordinates among the attached files, so I can explore both of those places if I want to. And I really do. I'm curious to know if they were able to retrieve, or perhaps rescue, those missing navigators. 
I'm also wondering what this motto is. It's so odd that I can't find it among the surviving files. Perhaps it was a more recent trend for them. Very strange indeed. I'm curious enough about these two sets of coordinates that I'd like to go explore them as soon as I'm able. I have the coordinates saved for this base now, so it will be easy to find it again. It still amazes me how I was led here in the first place. That is another fascinating mystery I'd love to look into when I get the chance. But I've decided my first priority, apart from survival and resupplying, of course, is to compile the data I already have, and then set off for those two sets of coordinates, and then maybe come back here, depending on what happens. We're leaving this place? For now, yes. Like I said, we'll probably come back. I'll take what I can get. Preparing the ship for takeoff. Not so hasty, TT. I've got to take an extra day to compile the collected data into the research lab database. Fine. I knew you would understand. I think I need to get back to work on the archives. Probably won't make another recording until after I leave for the first set of coordinates. If there isn't anything particularly spectacular in the records I've collected, then I might not make a new audio log until I arrive at the coordinates themselves. We'll see what happens. Out for now. On the new planet, at the intended site of the first of the two sets of coordinates from the navigator base. I wondered if something unfortunate had happened to this person, and I'm sorry to say I was right. My ship has landed next to the ruin of a small navigator ship. The wreckage is covered in vegetation grown over the edges, making the craft just as much of a part of the land as the rainforest surrounding it. Oh yeah, I should briefly describe this place a little bit. Unlike anything I've seen or heard, the tectonic plates of this planet's crust have broken apart so that any landmass is really just an island of rock floating on the magma of the planet's mantle. In spite of the incessant heat, however, some portions of the remaining crust still miraculously maintain some of their original habitats. Like I said, this ship is getting slowly absorbed by a tropical rainforest that still has a surprising amount of vitality in its plant and animal life. I see it quite often, but here in particular, in which the rage of imminent dangers or catastrophes don't seem to phase the natural environment. Entire civilizations could be wiped out. Ruins could decay and rust into oblivion. Even the very land itself could be broken into pieces, revealing a massive magma pit that threatens to consume everything on it over the next decades or centuries. And yet... The plants don't care, do they? The birds don't care. The bugs that crawl on the ruined spacecraft don't care. How it got here or why it hasn't left. Nature moves on. The cosmos moves on. Forces such as gravity keep the intergalactic objects of fire, earth, and metal moving in time to a unified but ultimately unknowable logic. So why do I care? As a person, how much of a blessing or a curse is the gift of complex reasoning, developed language, or even introspection? Am I thinking too much about all of this in the first place? You know what? I'll move on to the audio log I found in the ship. I'm sad to say nothing else seems to have survived the wreckage, but it also seems the pilot made it that way on purpose. Any researcher, whatever they were doing for their mission, is either destroyed or sent to the other navigators already. I'll let the recording speak for itself. gets back to base before the transmitter shuts down for good. Um, if you're hearing this at base, good. If you're actually by the wrecked ship on this forsaken planet, I'm sorry. There's not much else to find here. I've already sent all my mission reports to base like I was supposed to, and as far as I know, I'm done. I heard our remote base was shutting down. Getting abandoned. I'm sorry to hear that. 
but at least it makes me feel less guilty about my own plans. I'm sure if I returned back to the home base, there would be another assignment waiting for me, but I can't. I just can't. All that stuff about remembering the motto. Quite frankly, I think the motto is stupid. It's frustrating and even disappointingly naive of anyone to use that old phrase to try to comfort themselves in a situation like this. Well, you got your data. You've got plenty of people looking for new work now. No use for me. Nothing left for me. This is my farewell message. I hope you fare well in your next endeavors and whatever lies in the future for your next generation. Farewell in the cosmos, because it turns out, I just couldn't. And that's all I could find. Everything else is gone except what's left of the ship. Still don't even know what this motto is. Given this new information, or lack thereof, I don't think there's much left to do but go on to the second set of coordinates. Perhaps I can find a bit more information there. TT says this other place is not nearly so broken, so I'm hopeful. Gonna be a bit of a long journey, though. Better get moving. Been out in space for seven days, with five more to reach the other set of coordinates. Been playing a lot of Euclid lately, and I just wanted to record the moment I get a triple-perfect score against TT. That's what you think? Yes. That is what I think, because I think I'm about to bring Pecatino Duda all the way around to J7. And? You've lost. Your star is mine. Oh, so it is. And that makes 36 wins for me, a triple perfect. Impressive indeed. That brings the overall scores up to your 36 victories versus 68 of my own. Still a long way from a squared perfect. A long, long way. But hey, now I can hit that quadruple perfect 48. Care for a few more games today? Would you like me to keep it novice difficulty? Or would you like to advance to average difficulty? What? I thought we were on average. Just joshing with you. Unless... You know I can reset the score, right? I'm sticking on average difficulty, which I've been on this whole time. Right. New board has been set. You may start when ready. Gladly. I'll shut this off so I can focus. I made it. And I've got it. I think I understand now. I'm going to need some time to think about it, but this is certainly a moment of clarity for me. Before I get into that, this place is very, very cold. Thanks to my suit, I'm protected from most of it, but the wet, windy chill here is still rather unsettling. I already missed the warm tropical climate back at that large navigator base. The coordinates led me to this massive tube of rock lying flat on this frigid plain. It doesn't seem to be a natural specimen from this planet, so maybe it was something that was shaped out in space that somehow landed here. I don't know. Unfortunately for me, the wind is traveling down this tube, so it's not great shelter right now. Standing inside this thing and looking up and around, it makes me feel very small. Looking out into the void of space by yourself makes your relative size a bit difficult to fathom. Here though, seeing such a large rock formation dwarfing me and yet not even making a dent on this planet. That puts things into more frighteningly fathomable perspective. Amidst all of this, though, is the most noteworthy thing. A little probe left behind by a navigator. 
At first glance, it looked like a peculiar little bump of rock, but once I cleared away the snow, its true nature became clear. Just a small probe with a handful of buttons and a small screen on it. Once again, only one recording is intact. I'll go ahead and play it back now. Right. I'm sure you all are getting a little worried about me, so I made this recording for any potential rescue mission personnel that may be sent here. I'm okay. But I'm not coming back. I've sent all my data to base already, and I can certainly send any more data I find when I get the notification about the new base coordinates. If I don't get that notification for some reason, then I'm honestly okay with that too. I don't want anyone to be concerned for me. I've just been doing a lot of thinking recently. I've not only been remembering the motto, I've been making adjustments to apply it in a more personal way. There's so much you can take from that motto, you know? Bogok Betlemji, Juglik Tekreji. Really, really think about that for a moment and you might begin to see what I've discovered. As navigators, we've been spending so much of our time charting every star, planet, and moon we could. This helps us feel more and more at home with our home planet of Tekra. We've been using this motto to encourage ourselves to find some semblance of comfort and stability in our current missions, even if we're temporarily away from Tekra itself. But as for me, I don't think I'd feel any happier back in Tekra than I already do right here. I may be a bit of an anomaly in this, but I'm perfectly comfortable by myself with just this one planet and all its unsolved mysteries to keep me company. Even the cold climate doesn't bother me much. I've learned several ways that I can really, truly feel at home here. And that's what I'm gonna do. Where you are, their home is. Navigators in general seem to use this motto as a sort of comforting mantra to keep them in the present moment and on the present task. I, however, am thinking about my future, about the rest of my life as well as the present moment. I am making this planet my home. I plan to stay here until I die. I am here, and to me, this is where home is. I told you I was fine. Even if you disagree with me and absolutely insist I come back, good luck finding me on this wide, wintry world. I've been sure there is no easy way to find me, except for this probe and this recording you're watching right now. I will always be a navigator, but you will have to find someone else to fill in for my tasks. I know that won't be hard. Thank you for watching and for understanding. I hope that you all are successful in your endeavors as much as I am in mine. In conclusion, though it may seem rather redundant at this point. Remember the motto. Bogok Betlemji. Where you are, their home is. That's the motto. <laughs> that's... I think that's exactly what I needed to hear. In three days, I will have been roving for 150 days. All this time, I have had this feeling that home, or what I associate with home, 
was just barely out of reach. I always felt like I was almost there, but could never quite reach it or achieve that feeling. Now I see that I was the one who was preventing that from happening. I always felt so anxious for some vague, nebulous goal that I likely won't achieve in the way I originally imagined. I'm certainly not going to give up, though. I'm still sending a regularly transmitted message in the hopes that more of my kind survived. But in the midst of my exploration, research, and Euclid wins, I can feel comfortable with where I am at this present moment. I'm reminded that a number of days ago I said I was satisfied with my projected velocity. I'm realizing now that moment was the first time in all my roving that I felt more at home than I ever had. I'm not one of those impressively courageous pioneers or curious navigators. I'm a rover. It has always been the mark of my generation to find our own individual purposes for the things we do. Maybe my approach to my unique situation makes me something particularly special. To my knowledge, none of my previous few generations had to deal with this kind of isolation or catastrophe. That makes me, in a sense, a pioneer, or to put it in other ways, a pilgrim, an innovator, a hero. If there is ever another person on the other side of this, hearing all of this, I'm sorry that I will have to disappoint you pretty soon. I don't plan to make another audio recording like this. Maybe I'll do one more in a few days, but after that, I'll be done. My activities won't likely change after that point. I'll still rove, I'll still explore and study and all that. But all my work will be documented on the ship anyway, thanks to TT. I'm stopping these recordings in particular because I feel I'm reaching the end of an important emotional journey. I'd like to end that personal inner voyage on a high note. The next recording I make will be the last of this series, and I will think long and hard about what honest thoughts and feelings I'd like to express to the universe. To you. Until then. Well, this is it. Day number 150 in my rove. That used to feel like a long time to me. But now, I realize this is only the end of the beginning. I don't know what my long-term plans are. For now, I plan to continue my exploration and research. I have the coordinates of a couple of planets saved after all, and there's a lot more to explore in those places alone. Will I end up making one of these or some other planet my permanent home like that last navigator did? Maybe. Not that cold planet, though. I shiver and shudder to think of going back there for more than a few days at a time. I still meant what I said. This would be my final audio recording like this. Perhaps earlier in my rove, I would have tried to commit to doing these recordings for as long as I possibly could. But I like the narrative these recordings present now. No matter what happens to me from here on out, I believe I can be proud of the journey of these past 50 days. If you or your ancestors are from the home planet of Tekra, I hope these recordings gave you a decent glimpse of what a lone rover's life and thoughts were like. If you are a stranger who came across these recordings by astronomical chance, or if by some cosmological miracle you are from the old, old homeworld, the planet that belonged to those who lived before the pioneers, then I hope you can somehow translate what I'm saying into something understandable, 
that you find my thoughts and experiences enlightening, regardless of who you are. Thank you for listening. Even if no other person ever hears any of this, I don't think it will be in vain because these recordings were as much for me as they were for anyone else. If the cosmos is on my side and someone does listen to them, all the better. The journey of the past 50 days and the journey ahead is one of solitude for me, and I've come to accept that. But another reason it might be nice for there to be another person on the other side of this is the fact that they are taking the journey with me, across time and space. It's a lovely little thought, anyway. You know I'm always here, of course. I'm all too aware, Tloda. I'm okay, though. <laughs> I don't think I need another mental examination today. Of course. Would you like to talk about it, at least? With you specifically? Actually, I think I would. Just give me a minute. I'd better wrap this up before I start going on one of my ramblings again. To myself and to anyone else out there, please take care. Above all, in times of uncertainty and loneliness, I urge you to remember the motto, wherever you are, there is home. Wherever you are, there is home. myself and to anyone else out there please take care above all in times of uncertainty and loneliness i urge you to remember the motto wherever you are there is home whoa <laughs> right it's just incredible Where'd you see you found this? I was on vacation in Hawaii. Given recent events, I had a lot of time to translate it. So that was your voice we heard as Rova, right? Yep. I did my best to express the emotions that were in the um, original recordings, but I don't know if I really did it justice. I also had some friends that helped out with the other roles. I mean, I wouldn't want to do all the voices. You are such an actress. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks. Oh, so what are you going to do with it? You know, I don't know. I don't even know who I would give it to. NASA or something? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, was there anything Was there anything else you found next to whatever had these recordings? No, I couldn't find anything else. Just this black box thing. Here, just a second. I have it right here. Oh. It's like this cylinder thing it had the recordings inside of it uh, i was scuba diving when i found it um but i bet if i went back and looked a bit more i might find something else but unfortunately we had to leave pretty soon after i found it yeah and you can't really jump back to hawaii in an instant can you 
<laughs> Unfortunately, no. I'm trying to search on the internet to see if I can find like what you're supposed to do if you find something from space, but I'm just finding a bunch of stuff about aliens. <laughs> Thank you. There it is. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. You you said you translated all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a lot oh, of free time. You have no idea. I was going to say, I how would you do it? But I guess you a lot of free time, sure. Yeah. I might have added a few words here and there to make it sound a bit better, but, you know, I did my best. Yeah, well, I mean, if if NASA or whatever, whoever else gets a hold of it, I'm, I'd be interested to see what they make of it, like if they come up with the same things. <laughs> you and me both. I mean, does this prove aliens exist? Guys, guys, look what I just found. So there's this website, and it uh, says what to do if you think you've found a meteorite. <laughs> what do you do? Really? What do you do? What do you do? Well, actually, the first thing it says is, I'm sorry, but you have not found a meteorite. Is there anything else in that list? I haven't read it. I was just wanted to share that part. That was funny. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> the I'm sorry part. That reminds me of this stupid message I got at work today. Um, oh? Yeah, so... Yeah, I... Uh, gladly. So I was so I was calling this one merchant right at work to kind of like follow up on some like issue we had um, earlier this week. Um, I called them and went straight to voicemail or what I thought would be voicemail. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll just leave a message. That's fine. Uh, so I wait for the beep and instead I get, I'm sorry, but the person you've dialed in the voicemail box has not been set up yet. And I'm just like, Left with the words unsaid, left to my deepest thoughts, circling round again, this is the hardest part, float through a starry sky when you are here with me, getting me through the night, Thank you for listening to the third and final episode of Banner Media Studios Almost Home, written and directed by Baron Dipitis, with producers Ethan Kelly and James Neeson, as well as executive producer Dr. Binary. Art by Natalie Brienne, and music composed by The Rise Undaunted. This episode starred Natalie Brienne as Rover and Caller 2, Ethan Kelly as TT, James Neeson as JB, Natasha Berlin as the Navigator Commander and Caller 3. Rusty Jane McDonald as the male navigator and caller one. Hannah Bryce as the female navigator and Baron Dipitis as caller four. Audio editing was done by Ethan Kelly with audio mastering done by The Rise Undaunted. Featuring original song Far From Home with lyrics written and performed by Keelan with piano arrangement by Ethan Kelly. Credits read by Natalie Brienne.